be talking today about finding rest in Jesus. It's the next one in our series of glimpses of Jesus, and we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. The passage we're going to look at today is set in a period of Jesus' life when things are really hopping up. Um, he's been growing popularity in his ministry, and he's also increasing, uh, experiencing increasing opposition from the religious authorities, and particularly the Pharisees. In chapter 11, just before the passage we're reading, he um, challenges their unbelief. And in chapter 12, um, there's a whole section about um, him being Lord of the Sabbath. The disciples are picking the grain and eating it. The Pharisees are quite perhaps nagging them and groaning. Oh, they're eating the grain. You shouldn't be doing that on the Sabbath. And Jesus heals a man with a crippled arm. And again, there's a dialogue there about um, whether that's the right thing to do on the Sabbath on the day of rest. But he cites his authority that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And that to do both um, is a higher law than many of the rules and regulations and nitpicky, nitpicky things that the, the Pharisees have laid on the people and have become a real burden. And so into this passage, into this section, it's a bit like a sort of a, a Shakespearean tragedy. We have a little pause, we have a little rest in the rest of the narrative here. And we step back for a moment from the stresses and the conflicts that Jesus is facing. And we read these life-giving words about finding rest in Jesus from Matthew chapter 11. Father, thank you for your precious word, Lord. We so need you to speak to us through your word. We want to hear what you're having to say to us today. Please um, reveal these things to our hearts that we might know you better and walk with you more closely. We ask in Jesus' name. time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm going to keep the scripture up there the whole time so you can keep on looking at it. Jesus has a wonderful way of teaching us. I've been thinking about this passage for a while, and I've been thinking, Lord, you know, what new insight do you want to show us from these words? What new thing do you have to say about rest? But like many of you, I'm sure, my mind has been filled with many things. We're having building work done in our house at the moment, which means we can't live there at the moment. So I wake up each morning thinking, now, where am I supposed to be today? I have in my bag five sets of keys um, from friends, family, neighbours, kindly offers, offering us either a bed or a room to work from or a place to park my car. Come to me, says Jesus, for you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. My wonderful husband has been reminding me, you know, let Jesus teach you about rest really wise words, but nevertheless, I'm still struggling, you know, how to find an angle, how to 
could I make these familiar words sound meaning? But as the week went on, my eyes were drawn to verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God knows my circumstances and he knows yours. And I've got this growing desire to learn more about how to rest in Jesus and how to let him take the weight of my worries. So I've decided to take God at his word, to step back, stop fretting, and to trust him. And trust him to speak to you and to me through his Holy Spirit. So I pray today that we may be like children learning from our Heavenly Father as Jesus revealed him to us today. Jesus says, that God's ways are hidden from the wise and learned and revealed to little children. You know, he had all the Pharisees and everybody like arguing about this and arguing about that. And Jesus says, it's, it's as we come as little children that we learn about him. This is how the Father has chosen to communicate to us. Knowing Jesus and the Father isn't an intellectual exercise. It's an experience of relationship of hours and days spent together. Imagine, you know, a parent with a child, and they have a new toy, and the parent says, come on, let's spread all the bits out on the floor. And he or she gets down on the floor with the child, and they work out how to put it together. They put the set, oh, that's not right. They tear it apart and try it again to reassemble it, and then they get it working. And as that happens, something wonderful develops in their relationship. It deepens. And long after the toy has either... Um, outgrown its use or broken or gone to the charity shop. The memory that that child had with the parents in that instant remains. You know, we've made it an effort to build up lots of memories with our family as they're growing up. One particular one is Friday nights was pizza night. So I would always make pizza and um, we'd sit down and we'd eat pizza and we'd either watch it was in those days it's ground force or changing rooms, one of those pro makeover programs where they renovate somebody's garden or, or do a house. They've got latest versions now, but that was what it was when our children were small. And, you know, still when we think back to memories like that, it sort of brings a smile to our hearts because all our senses are involved, aren't they, in making memories. You know, we remember a smell, perhaps, or we see a room where we were, and we have a physical feeling that actually remains deep down within us. Um, I wonder if many of you saw the documentary this week that Princess Harry and William um, made about their mother Diana. Prince Harry speaks of his mother's um, sense of humor. He said, all I can hear is her laugh in my head. And even now I feel the hugs that she used to give us. Something was deposited in him, whilst not visible to others, that stayed within him. Now that was Harry's relationship with his mother, cut short though it was, and we could never know Princess Diana in the way that Harry knew her. She was, after all, his mother, not ours. And many of us have incomplete relationships with our parents. Maybe we haven't known our parents. Um, they may have passed on, perhaps, some of their brokenness in abusive behavior towards us. They may have been emotionally absent or died early like Harry's mother or indeed my own. Um, there was another program recently, Who Do You Think You Are? I like these ones where they go back into people's story. And it was Charles Dance, that um, well-known English actor. And I must say, when I watched it, I was completely surprised. He wasn't at all like I thought he was going to be. And there was something in his eyes that was really empty and 
lost and sad. And it turned out that his father had died when he was four years old and he never knew him. And you could see as he began to explore his family history, there was this sort of yearning to be connected to his father. Eventually, he found that he had a half-sister, I think it was, who he had never known anything about. And she had gone to South Africa, and he tracked down his half-sister, um, who, who was much older than him, his, her granddaughter in South Africa, and she went, he went to visit her. And being an actor, someone who reads scripts, he was utterly delighted when his half-sister's granddaughter said, she wrote about her father, she wrote about your father, and she wrote it in this book. And she handed this book to Charles Dance that was all about his father. And so from someone he knew nothing about other than he had died, he had this document that filled in so much that he had never experienced for himself. There's a deep longing in all of us that we want to be part of a family, that we want to be known, loved, and wanted. So it's incredibly good news then that in verse 27 here, that Jesus says um, that, we, that we can have a relationship with him and his father. You know, his father and he, their relationship couldn't be any closer. It's the most loving relationship that has ever existed. It's one of utter trust and self-giving. And through the Holy Spirit, Jesus invites us to share in this relationship that we have with his Father. All things have been committed to me by my Father. Nobody knows the Father except the Son. And nobody knows the Father, um, nobody knows the Son except the Father. And nobody knows the Father except the Son. Or you could turn it around the other way. They absolutely know everything about each other. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. I know for some of us, due to our personal history, the thought of intimacy with God may seem frightening. But there's nothing frightening about God's love. He is, if you look in verse 29, gentle and humble of heart. To be truly known by the one whose very nature of love is a healing experience. And we experience in a, in a small way, perhaps, when we share the difficult things of our lives with another person. There have been times in my life when the Holy Spirit has prompted me to tell a trusted friend about something that I've been ashamed of. And, you know, rather nervously, but I've gone to them and said, I really need to to tell you something. And as I've confessed my sins and asked them to pray with me that I would receive the Lord's forgiveness, the thing that I've experienced has only ever been grace, acceptance, love, and wonderful freedom as I've received through them the comfort of God's forgiveness. And he's given me that. The enemy, by contrast, loves to fill our thoughts and our, with lies of fear and shame, scaring us with rejection, warning us not to let down our walls and become vulnerable to others. But these are lies, because Satan knows if we come to Jesus, he will set us free. Jesus chooses us and wants us to know the same love that he has with the Father. Parents of adopted children have often said, you know, you're special because we chose you. And when we say yes to Jesus and become Christians, it's like that, because we're adopted into his family. We are chosen. 
and we share in all the benefits of a father's love. But maybe you say, well, Jesus chooses. You know, I feel like the child at the back of the crowd saying, you know, please choose me, she, please choose me, knowing that it's always talented and good looking and, and all the strong, you know, they'll get picked over me and I'll just be overlooked and cast aside. And yes, Jesus does choose. But look who he chooses. Look at verse 28. It's the weary and the burdened, people like you and me. You know, those whose hearts are captured and consumed by other things, they may believe that they don't need God and are better off on their own. But he chooses those of us who know we don't have it all together. He chooses, chooses us, those who are struggling under the weight of trouble and sin and pain and grief. He chooses those of us who are failing, who are worn out with responsibilities, who've gotten financial difficulties, who've messed up our relationships. He chooses those who say, I've got this weight on my shoulders and it's killing me. Come, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, on you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are two parts to Jesus' invitation. And the first is come. We have to come to Jesus. Because he's the one who's going to give us rest. I remember once um, my son came home from school and Normally he came home quite cheerfully in a good mood, but this time I could see he was really, really upset by something. He went and threw himself on a, on the, on a sofa and he, he threw his school bag on the floor and he knew something was really, really troubling him. And I just want to say, come, come to me, you know. And I could talk and I could help him and he began to pour out his heart. Um, but the sort of that tension and worry and going was gone. Bullying was beginning to leave him, and I went away. Come to me, says Jesus, and I'll give you rest. But when you think of rest, what does that mean to you? Is it putting your feet up at the end of the day? Is it a much needed holiday? A get together with good friends? Well, these things are great, aren't they? They do refresh us to some degree, but true rest is different because it takes place in our souls. It comes from knowing we're at peace with God and letting his peace be in charge of our hearts. And we need this peace because we are separated from God by nature. But this peace is possible because Jesus did the hard work of reconciling us to God. Jesus was a man born into history 2,000 years ago. He experienced everything we experience. He was tempted, you know, to take all the same shortcuts that we're tempted with for an easy life, and yet he resisted every single one of them. And he chose instead to wholeheartedly obey his Heavenly Father. He was executed, a blameless man, on a cross. And in doing so, he took the punishment in his body for all our foolishness, our disobedience, our burden. And death couldn't hold him because he hadn't done anything wrong. And Jesus, now in heaven, says to you, come to me. 
Let me take that weight that you're carrying around with, which I've dealt with, and let rest fill your soul. I've shared this before, but when my father became a Christian, he was 61. He was lived most of his life already. And he was in a, in a time where someone was explaining about the good news about Jesus, about the gospel. And my father knew that he needed to come to Jesus. And so as he prayed that prayer, he said later on, he said he felt this weight literally come off his shoulders. He had no idea he was carrying it. And for many of us, I think we have no idea the depth of the weight that we're carrying. And he was so light and he was free, he was like a drunk man. As a young person, I was quite embarrassed by his behavior. If you want to give Jesus your burden today, this is a great day to do it. If you've never come to Jesus for the first time, come today. Get rid of that burden. We'll make enough tears at the end of the service for that. So come. And the second part of the invitation is take. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The image here is of a wooden bar across the shoulders of two oxen together. You know, as they plow field across, uh, uh, pass across a heavy field. As you know, we're all yoked one way or another. We all carry some load. We're either yoked to this world with all its worries and stresses, or we're yoked to Jesus. But to take Jesus' yoke is true freedom. It's a conscious decision, however, and it's a continual decision, one we make every day of our lives, because living in Jesus' rest is not a passive thing. If our eyes are distracted from him by worries, we lose our peace. We find the weight bearing down on our shoulders again, like carrying a, you know, a heavy school bag filled with books. The young ox learns from the older one as the older animal takes the strain and guides the younger one on the right path. So we learn from Jesus as we walk in tandem with him. Learning from Jesus comes from a relationship. It's not an intellectual exercise. You know, I don't know Rick, my husband, because I've understood some theory about how his mind works or how he burns up his carbs. I know him because we've spent many years together. The more we know each other, the deeper our, our relationship becomes, and we can be in each other's presence still and feel completely secure. So it is with Jesus, learning day by day to walk with him and remaining in his rest. It comes from spending time with him listening to him, talking with him, pouring out our hearts to him, seeing from the scriptures how he approached life. It's a lifelong pursuit. My teacher is gentle and he's humble. He cares for us. He will never abuse us. He is approachable. He is trustworthy. He knows us through and through and only ever has the best in mind for us. So how do we know if we're living in God's rest? Well, first of all, have you come to Jesus? Do you know him yourself? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Because he is your rest. But for those who are already following Jesus, we can ask this question. Do I have his peace in my heart? That's a real clue to whether we're remaining in his rest or not. Because rest and peace are closely linked. You know, our peace can be disturbed by many things. 
perhaps you've had a row with a friend, or you know when you've been on hold to a call centre for 10 minutes and then the person comes on and you feel like smacking their head off. We can lose peace over a bad decision, or through giving, giving into a persistent habit, or through failing morally. So what we need to do when we lose our peace is to ask ourselves, when did I lose it? What happened? And to trace it back and to bring it back to God again. Sometimes I experience some sort of low-level anxiety which undermines my sense of rest. It just goes on there. I'm not restful, you know, but I just keep going. And I'm not always aware of it. But then when I become conscious of it and take time to talk to Jesus about it, I often find there's some underlying thing going on at the back of my mind, some area of worry. Sometimes it's attached to an area of unbelief. I'm not really trusting Jesus about something. Or it can be that I'm sort of, there's some area of pride perhaps that's affecting me. So as I repent and receive again God's love, his peace returns. Being yoked to Jesus like a young ox, sometimes we try to avoid the difficult bits in life. You know, I can imagine when some of ox sort of saying, whoop, there's a hollow one, I'm going to go around that one. Jesus will challenge us, but unlike a bad-tempered ox, he's always going to be with us in gentleness and kindness. So he says to me, Lulu, let me show you how to face that fear, how to forgive that person that hurt you, how to walk away from that habit that's ruining your life. And sometimes that help comes simply from being in his presence, sometimes just being in a time of worship and just being with God in that time and talking to him about it is enough for that to be resolved. But other times, it requires us to be a good and trusted friend who can call to help us and to walk alongside us. And lastly, another wonderful thing about rest is that it's a great weapon. The enemy loves to derail us and to take advantage of our weaknesses. He uses stressful situations to cause us to catch us off guard and tempts us to be over busy and to take our eyes off God. Rest is one of the most powerful weapons that we have against his schemes. And as we learn to rest, the enemy is dealt a blow. There was a man who challenged his opponent to an all-day wood chopping contest. The challenger worked very hard, stopping only for a brief lunch break. The other man had a leisurely lunch, the sun was shining, you know. And he took several breaks during the day. And at the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and annoyed to find that the other fellow had chopped substantially more wood than he had. I don't get it, he said. Every time I take you would take me a rest. Yet you chop more wood than I did. And the other guy said, you didn't notice, he said. When I was, when I was taking rest, I was sharpening my axe. When we rest, we sharpen our axe against the enemy. Because if we're at peace with Jesus and we are totally secure in our relationship with him, then the enemy doesn't have an angle on us. So, in finishing now, I'd just like to pray. First of all, I'd like to pray for, um, for salvation. If you have never entered God's rest, um, this is a day to do that. And um, then I would, what I'd like to do is to use this scripture as a meditation. And I'm going to ask all of us just to shut our eyes and just to be 
a capsule if we can, that's where we're sitting. Um, we can help see my feet on our hand back or to just be quiet. And my encouragement is to just bring whatever may be burdening you, whatever may be troubling you, maybe just a little niggle in the back of your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what that might be. And to do business with God now. But first of all, I'm just going to pray for those who have never entered God's rest for the first time. Heavenly Father, thank you. You are good news. Jesus, you are good news. And Lord, we love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. And I pray now for those who have never come to you before. I pray, Lord, that you would open their eyes to see you as a loving Father with your arms wide out, saying, come to me. Let me give you rest. Let me give you rest from all your troubles and all your burdens. You've been living this life so far, and there have been good bits and bad bits, but on the whole, you know you haven't done that great a job, and I just want to be there with you, even you, Lord. That's you in your heart to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. It's true, I have things weighing me down. And I don't want to carry that yoke on my own anymore. I don't see it going any place of your cross. Father, I come to you. And I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. All the ways in which I've not even lived up to my own standards, but certainly not yours. Forgive me, Lord. Thank you for what Jesus has done on the cross. Thank you for your forgiveness now. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and fill my life with power to live a new life. One that is rooted in the rest and love of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So just stay in that place now, just keeping your eyes closed. I'm just going to read the scripture again. I'm going to read it fairly slowly, just allowing you to fill in the blanks, as it were. Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. I'm going to read it through again one more time, but I'm going to invite you to stand now. And if, as you continue to um, talk with the Lord, you would like somebody to stand alongside you and to pray with you also to release some of the burdens that are on your heart, I'm going to invite you to come forward. So, would you mind standing? Again, just stand in that place of. And if you would like prayer as well, then after I pray this again, and as the 
worship team would just start to, to play a song and do come forward and people would love to pray with you. There's not a better day to get free of your burdens. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Let his presence draw near now. 